There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. From the glow of St. Paul's number one, welcome to another edition of Cabin Country. Give us the time and we'll take you out of the traffic and away from the levee. Let's find the place where the loons call out among the moonlit waves, where the wind sighs among the Norway pines. Pull up a dock chair, have a sip of your coffee, and get a line in the water. This is Cabin Country. Now here's Bjorn Lloydstead, and I'm Fudd Klugman with another Woodland Escape. Welcome back once again to Cabin Country. I'm, I'm Fudd. And I'm Bjorn. New year here, a new year of podcasting for us. We're on year number four. Yes, yes. Got some staying power here in the That's podcast right. community, which is determination. Is good to know. At least to grit. Keep going forward, finding new grist people. Yeah. Grit and grist. <laughs> yeah, a little of that too. Some buckwheat flakes. Yes. Unusual recording session today because we're meeting yeah. on a Saturday afternoon. Correct. Here in in uh, February, uh, and. Uh, we were heading up somewhere. We were. You know, uh, Fudd, we were going to be the guests of our dear friend, uh, Bassmaster Pike Slayer, Greg. Greg mm-hmm. G. I'm not sure how public he wants his name to become at this point, but he's a proud renter slash owner of kind of a Taj McShack uh, <laughs> fish house uh, on uh-huh. the east side of Mille Lacs. And uh, we were all set today, Fudd, to get up there and... Uh, Kind of multimedia, yeah. Blitz on had this the thing. cameras. We gonna, packed, we had the cameras. Uh, we had the drone cameras. Drone cameras. Yes, the video and and of course our trusty Zoom audio digital. Oh yes, yes. We were ready to just sit down and talk about the life, the lifestyle, and the uh, high points and low points of uh, winter life on the weekends in a fishing shack on Mille Lacs with a flat screen TV, artichoke <laughs> dip. And the heat set at seventy. <laughs> Hardcore. Wow. My dad would have. Oh, that's not. Oh, that's, that's not, not ice fishing. fishing. That's what he called. That's, that's sitting in your house. Well, <laughs> yeah. It, and and maybe we would have liked sitting in our house, you know, back in the day. And yeah. Heating our hands on the exhaust of the car. And right. Sitting in a five-gallon upturned bucket. But, yes. Uh, no, Fudd. Last night uh, we found that uh, sure enough there were wind warnings even mm-hmm. here in the Oakdale studio and in the St. Paul glow of the number one and um, you get a, a lake the scale of Mille Lacs wide yeah. open flat and 50 to 60 mile an hour winds blowing right that's uh, we had our gear we had our coffee we were headed north and uh, we got the phone call right outside of uh, Rush City hey <laughs> you're gonna probably Unless you've got all day into tomorrow, we might have to we might have to wait until next year because I, I guess the houses were in motion, as uh, right. the talking heads would say. You know, the, the a couple of fish houses moved a little bit. Uh, the wind was just blowing crazy, and uh, yeah, walleye slayer Greg said I couldn't see thirty feet in front of my vehicle and actually got stuck. Wow! And uh, needed a, a an assist getting back off the lake. The ice road was was blown over um they're gonna need to come out with the plows and um i got the feeling it sounded like there was some rearranging of fish houses that needed to happen too Hmm. um i'm not sure but um 
you know, he was like, well, if you can come out about seven tonight, and we were like, right, you know. We didn't really uh, plan yeah, on that. Yeah, that uh, wasn't, not a, not a full day's. But we we already got it on the calendar for next year. Ideally, next year. yeah, we'll try it again. I, you know, would have loved to have done a, a cabin country from the fish house on Mille Lacs, yeah, Garrison, uh, Mille Lacs Parkway area. But uh, he said in two weeks, two weeks time, yeah, they'll be pulling the houses off. Because, yeah, uh, even tomorrow, Fud. I know, I know, we've it's being rumored that there's a, a snowfall coming on Monday, Tuesday, but uh, even tomorrow it's supposed to be forty degrees. Yeah. Here. So, well, that's Minnesota. It was right. like minus four when we took off. Right. And tomorrow might be hitting forty, 40 above zero. Yeah, just just crazy. So, and that's Fahrenheit for any of you. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Anybody in Europe, Asia, Australia? Uh, yeah, we're we've got apparently have some listenership in Tierra del Fuego, South America. Yeah, isn't that isn't that something? <laughs> but yeah, we're we're dealing with Fahrenheit here, folks. Right, that's, that's a pretty wide swing of temperatures. So uh, if the ice is getting it all thin, and I know it's safe yeah. driving on any of the Minnesota lakes, January, February, but it's already late February. Yeah, and all I can think is, you know, I've only had this car for like seven years. Really <laughs> should be ashamed to add it to the structure of Lake Mille Lacs. Lose it. Yeah, there it goes, deep six. <laughs> Goodbye, Honda. Yeah, that would that would be bad. But so uh, we turned it around. We and turned around. Fun. We did. Headed we back here to the Oakdale studio. Came back to the studio and thought, well, let's give a little update. And uh, yes, yeah. Greg, sorry, we we gave it our college try here. And uh, next year we'll get out there. I promise it'll happen. Radio. Maybe more like January instead of February. It's hard to say. Yeah. But, uh, a little earlier try. Yeah. Yeah. When we'll it seems see. like the calendars free up. The ice is starting to free up too, sadly <laughs> enough. So, uh, yeah. But but hopefully, yeah, next year we'll come to you live from the frozen surfaces of Malax Lake and the seventy degree temperatures. Right. And uh, you know, on top of eighteen inches of ice. Absolutely. Whatever it is. Absolutely. And I'll I'll bring another artichoke dip. Oh, that's <laughs> beef jerky. And beef jerky. And I had a power bar in my pocket. Yeah, oh, it was all good, all good. We were ready to go. Long johns and everything, just in case. You know what? Nature sometimes changes your mind for you. So. Yes, well, that's there you are. We're used to that here. We are the Midwest, are. absolutely, absolutely. But we are excited to introduce uh, a segment. I think we we recorded last summer, right? August, I think, sometime. Yes, and yes. Uh, we visited with my uncle Joe, who's uh, my cousin Doug's dad. Absolutely. They're the long owners of the shack since around mm-hmm. 59, 1960. Right, right. Uncle Joe was a was an, was an engineer. I can't remember when he said he started. I think it was the late 40s, early 50s. Maybe. Yeah, I think he was talking about his time 16, as a, a, a stoker, years. a fireman. Yeah, sir. I was a late 40s, maybe. Coal shoveler. Yeah, yeah. But we got to learn all kinds of things. Uh, as you find out that there's just as much. Uh, Interesting lingo, lingo yes. in railroad jargon as right, it is from right. maritime now you know, I, sailing. And now I know what a bakehead. Yeah, be. you know, <laughs> I, I mean, <laughs> but yeah, someone involved with uh, the youth movement. I'm like, uh, that might have some sort of negative connotations. No, <laughs> it means he's one half of his face is facing the firebox, and then Stoker's got the other side. Yes, he's got kind of a sunburn on one half of their face. Bakeheads, you know. And, Oh, that's what you mean. Okay. But of course, you've heard us go on enough about trains and mm. and our love for the the, the, the horn that oh, echoes yeah, down yeah, the Gull yeah. River. You bet. Whenever we're up there, it's one of our favorite things. And of course, our friend Ed. Right. Ed Brewster. <laughs> he, uh, he also is a lover of... Sensitive fellow. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> so we were overdue with uh, getting, getting my uncle to share... Uh, you know his experiences. Right, forty-six years, I think, on the in the railroad, and um, the romanticism of uh, flying in a yes in a cab down right. the rails in right. the Greater Minnesota at about two in the morning. You know, yes, or ten at night or whatever. You know, right, sundown. It, it just all sounds like out there and hit the horn just because you can. Did a run to like Seattle and back, right, I think, right, many yeah. times. But uh, part of a Deadhead crew, yet another term. Yeah, right. another term. Deadhead. So lots of Grateful Dead fans are showing up. And <laughs> right. Bakeheads, in, in bake other heads, words, yeah. Deadheads. <laughs> bakeheads and Deadheads. Right. It's one, right. It's one and the same. No, actually, uh, yeah, Deadhead and getting getting yourself out there is kind of like uh, moving crews where moving they're needed, from place to place. Like Get us yeah. out there to help bring a train back from the West Coast. And, uh, we had to tick the uh, explicit language box for this episode we because. Did. Uh, we did. Uh, you know, 
One of the endearing qualities of my uncle is that... Uh, colorful. Yeah, he's, well, he's colorful. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> great, uh, but a great storyteller and a little salt uh, in, in, weaved into Adds those flavors. stories. Right. Adds flavor. Adds flavor to great the tales, flavorful without a doubt. So, uh, and, and maybe sometime we'll get my cousin Doug to uh, to do some some additional color commentary yes, yes. on his dad on the shack. And uh, well, actually, you know, we've we've heard a bit of a Doug from the uh, Bass Master the Classic, Bass Classic a couple yeah, of years yeah, ago. Absolutely. Last year was the fortieth. This year will be the forty-first. Maybe we'll yeah. we'll run into the guys again this year, this summer. Horn in on the early right. early hours of the. Uh, yes. Get there just in time for the toasting of uh, right. the fire, the fish, and. Anything that you can raise a glass to. So, and then back to our cabin. And back to the shack. <laughs> Bjorn and I will sleep in. We'll have those a, guys. A postum and uh, <laughs> <laughs> quietly sneaking away from from the dock at four right. thirty-five a.m. Go have an Osti. Yeah. <laughs> Osti. <laughs> Caffeine-free white acorn beverage. White oak. Well, anyway, let's uh, let's go back to Joe. Back to that recording, yeah. and uh, he's not moving mighty slow. In fact, we'd like to hear what he's got to say right. here about the crazy days of steam and diesel. There is something about a train going by that has a strong appeal. Just about everybody likes to watch trains roar by and travel with them in imagination. I think this is true. I'm the oldest living qualified steam locomotive engineer in Minnesota. Wow. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Pretty cool. Wow. There was a guy in Duluth, Jack Wolf. He he made the claim. Now, he died last Christmas. <laughs> uh, okay. I can make the claim. <laughs> wow. Well, that's Sorry, a, Jack. <laughs> wow. That's, that's See, you get yeah. examined when you promote it from fireman engineer. You, you have to make the test, and, and it's a week-long thing. Okay. So we had to do the steam. Our class had to do 10 guys through the steam, and the next week we had to do diesel. Okay. That was the last class of steam. There were no more. Hmm. There were no more steamers. So when when did you start as an engineer? Like what? Remember the year? Maybe oh, you were in 1960 full time, right there somewhere. Were you engineering? No, it's a fireman at that time. Fireman. So you yeah. were loading coal in the shoveling coal. Yeah. Well, that must have been hard work. What was that like? That didn't seem that bad. You're young, you know. You don't know any better, and you just. Do it? And yeah. Well, look at the guy. Well. He's an ox. I mean, he could... <laughs> a strong guy. Must have gotten hot in there in the summer months when you're shoveling. Yeah, it was really hot. It was cold as hell in the winter. That's what I was thinking, yeah. They used to call engineers bakeheads, because when you're firing, you bake this side, you go over engineer, and you bake this side, so you're a bakehead <laughs> when you're engineer. Bakehead, wow. <laughs> oh, my gosh. In wintertime, it could be terrible. If you had a stoker, they'd be freezing up. And just problems, coal crushers, they had to get broken down to a certain, like ice cubes. Mm -hmm. And if that didn't work right, you wind up hand firing, hand bombing, they called it. That was a job. You couldn't keep up. If you had an asshole engineer, you couldn't. He took more out of it, you could put in. And I remember an occasion when I, I was sure I quit. I worked between Dilworth and Jamestown, and we were late, 16 hours. We had a shitty train. Took long to get over the road, and that's the way it was. And we made it to Jamestown just in 16. Before we did, we ran out of coal. And in the wintertime, if it was moist, the coal would hang up in the tender. And there was a device called a coal pusher, just a big bar with a steam piston. And they seldom worked. And you'd turn it on, fill a, the piston full of steam, and just give a slow push and back, and that'd tumble the coal down. That, mm-hmm. and that's the mm-hmm. idea. Well, it was it was froze up. It wasn't working, so I had to pick the coal. So I'm, I go back. I take a lantern, bent the handle, or you know the old railroad lantern with the loop like this yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. I bend it over good. I run up quick. I take a jump, jump, and I make the top. Stoker's going, and I make the top. I grab the top, side of the tender, the, box, the coal box, and I hang the lantern on there, and I'm one-handed trying to pick, oh, get some coal down. Now the engineer. And the, and the brakeman, he don't help me worth a ship. Uh, he could have, but he, he plain didn't give a damn. Yeah. When you go up there, you, there's a canvas separator between the tender and the locomotive. And uh, so I, whatever I did, I, I jarred the lantern loose, and it fell down on the worm, and that was the end of the lantern. 
Now it's dark. Now it's black. I can't see nothing. I threw the pick away. Threw that out over the side. <laughs> I thought, I, I got to let go because my hands are going to freeze. You know, it was cold and hell. I can't hang on here anymore and I can't get out because there's no place to get out. There's nowhere right. to go. So I thought, you know, the, the, if signs like that, now if I take a couple steps down, I can put a foot here and a foot here, and I got one on each side, so I'm not touching that worm. Yeah. It's hawking the coal into the, and it worked. Then I got it, pulled the curtain back, and they're both, not, they don't have no idea. And I was just pissed off. Like, you sons of bitches. Yeah. I, I could have went through that, lost a leg in that worm, and you yeah. wouldn't even know it. <laughs> so that really bugged me. So I got to Jamestown, I told the engineer, I said, I quit. I'm not going to have a job like this. And I told him off, too. I said, you can stick this job in your ass. I'm dead <laughs> in. I'm number two. This is no job for anybody. And he said, yeah, I'm sorry. We should have left the curtain open so we could see what's going on. Or <clears throat> held a light for you or something. He said, I'm sorry about that. Said, That's okay. I'm going home on number two. So I slept whatever it took, eight hours or something like that. And then I was going to catch number two back, deadhead back to St. Paul, and that's the end of that. And then he says, no, let's go back to Dilworth. Let's just take the trip back with me to Dilworth, and then if you want to quit, go ahead and quit. And I'm, well, okay. So that would be one last trip back, and I'm done. Right. So we walked from the coal dock up to the depot. And I wonder, what the hell? Because you always got your locomotive in the roundhouse by the coal dock. Mm-hmm. Train came in, they cut off. You went on, coupled up, tried the air, and go. And it, we, we're not going on the way. Walk to the depot. He says, you'll see, you'll see. And down the line comes a, a headlight and a diesel. It was, it was the first freight diesel experimental done on the NP. And that was our train back to Dilworth. Wow. wow. Holy shit. You know, it's all clean and nice and neat. Your heat, turn the heater on, blows like a dam. They had heaters knock your hat on. Yeah. So turn it up nice and warm and roasty. You could be a t-shirt that, I thought, well, this may not be so bad. <laughs> this is the future here. Timing. Yeah. So wow. That's that was my introduction to diesels. I had never, we didn't have them. That was out of LaGrange. They put them out on the line and uh, let the railroads try them, see how efficient they were, you know, pulling uh-huh. trains. So it, it didn't stay. It went away until we bought some. But that was the future. And I, yeah, this might be okay. Then how long until you got to use one of those new diesels or work in one? Oh, oh then it wasn't. Uh, we didn't have freight to own quite a long time. But we had passenger diesels, though. They were dieselized in uh, late 40s. Okay. The last of the steamers went in about 58 or 9. That was the end of the steamers. And I worked one, a T-class engine, out of Little Falls, one of the last jobs they pulled with the, with the steamer. And that was just a fun job. A little not light trains and not much work. And I would just kind of wave at the girls and <laughs> blow the horn and yeah. <laughs> whistle. Yeah. <laughs> so that, then it was all diesel from there. They, they converted and diesels got bigger and stronger and better. But they, they usually always had a good heater. Oh, okay. 20 blows here, turn that sucker up, and you're going to be okay. They weren't air-conditioned, too, were they? They weren't there now. Yeah. They were not then. Yeah. So open the windows and... Hang your head out a little bit and watch yeah. out Watch out for what might be coming. Yeah. So, so all right, 1960s, when you discovered that lot on the gull, what was the run you were usually doing then? What Three was... and four, my buddy Skip. I was the engineer, he was the fireman. It was a passenger train. It had all the layover and staples. You're home like for 12, and then you're gone all night, all day, and then back the next night. Okay. But it paid good. So Skip and I went up, we, we worked that job, and uh, we stayed down the shack. Oh, okay. So it worked out. We had a telephone down there, if you remember that. Oh, yeah, yeah. And they could call us, let us know. Yeah, four's on time, so we'd dr- drive back. and To Staples, uh, which is how far from? Th- I think 32 miles west of the shack. Okay. Wow. I feel like we always see that sign for Staples, Motley. Yeah, Motley, Motley's between the two. Yeah, right, okay. You know, all this railroad lingo you're using, it's almost like maritime oh, yeah. sailing stuff. I, like, what is deadhead? You're going to have to school me on how, uh, what does deadhead mean? If they need crews elsewhere, say I'm in Northtown. Okay. And there, there are a lot of eastbound trains, a bunch left to Seattle at the same time. Okay. They're, so they're spread out some, but there's still more eastbound trains coming than there are crews. So well, the crews are all down in Northtown. 
They might get it one, two, three, or four crews. They deadhead chapter on a train usually. Mm-hmm. Okay. And recently they used cabs and cars and whatever the hell. So you're moving <laughs> crews from one place to another yeah. To, yeah. to pick you, you up the job. For it. You get deadhead pay for doing it. So the firehouse compared to the engineer room, I mean, that's two different spaces? Or I, I always thought that the fire coal box or whatever was right in the same car as the in, the engine. Or. Uh, the uh, the fire door the, yeah. the, for the throw the coal in the, in the right. boiler? Yeah. Yeah, that's in the middle. Oh. And, the, and the engineer's over here, and the uh, firemen and the brakemen are here, and here's the fire door there. Okay. That's an air-operated thing. You get a good load. If you're good at it, you can maybe pick up 15 pounds of coal with a number 12 scoop. Yeah. And you're coming. You're Because you got you got to throw it 18 feet. Oh. But there's an iron ring around the bottom of the door. Oh, so geez. you hit the ring just right, and the coal oh. is beautiful, and it's, it was slick. You can't leave the door open, all the cold air going in, and wreck what you're trying to do. Okay. So when you start swinging, you put your toe, your foot, forward part of your foot, you pivot, hit that, it's an air door, bang, it opens up, butterfly. Like oh, that. Yep. yeah. You hit the ring, and away you go, and everything's smooth as glass. If you miss the ring, you're coming. You hit the back of a shut door. Coal's <laughs> all over hell. And you got a crabby engineer. You tell you, he got coal over there. You go get that coal off where his his station is. Yeah. <laughs> and everybody no. missed the ring. Maybe the tray was going like this. Yeah. So you go to move it, and whoop, it goes. Well, there's coal all over it. Yeah. <laughs> well, what, okay, well, what does the engineer do uh, besides yell at the <laughs> fire? <laughs> the fire yeah. he, he pulls the throttle yeah. and he adjusts the speed and the timing of the engine and. Okay, so knows when to hit the brake. Well, I'd be the brake. Yeah, he does the right. brake. Brake, Yeah, the brakes okay. are complicated on the railroad. They're not just set and release. That's it's a complicated procedure. If you're going to do something with a heavy train, you're going to go into Becker with a full train, and uh, you better you better damn well be at it two miles ahead of time. Right, mm-hmm. uh, you're going to be in trouble. So you have to think way ahead of how you're going to do this and which way and use air, electrics, and um, you really have to think ahead. When did they, I'm going to guess, it's a long, long ago, but I'm being in Brainerd and looking at some of the stuff they had at uh, Pioneer Village or whatever. They talk about yeah. the old days of the brake. They were brakemen climbing the cars. Yeah, they did. They had hand brakes. That had to be long gone by the time you were. No, that was. They were still yeah. doing that. Well, they still, they're still equipped with it for a okay. car that's on spot. They can okay. go up and spot it and then break it down. But on the go, it used to be they pull cars up, pull pins. Yeah. You know, the guy give you a kick, give a shove, you pull the pin, let that'll do, and stop, and the car went by itself. It went to five or nine or where the hell. They'd throw switches, and <clears throat> that's what they call shaking them out. When you got a drag to do that with. And in that case, there was guys who rode those cars with that stem winder. Yep. And that would slow them up before they hit. Okay. So you're kind of applying brakes as you're coming in. Yeah, but that's gotcha. not me. That's the brakeman or switchman. Okay. That's to slow those cars down before right. it makes impact. And, right. And that's the reason. For that's that. that kind of big T bar they'd be carrying that. Yeah. They carry a brake club, yep. an oak brake club to get leverage on the thing. Sure. And. Um, but they quit. Too many people got hurt doing that, so now they do, they do not do that anymore. They'll set a brake on a stopped car only. Hmm. Well, to show my naivete here, I mean, even the beautiful new top-flight diesels and everything, they're still, they've still got sandboxes and stuff on the front to yeah, drop do, sand yeah. so they can get traction in the yeah. whole bit. And I think steam trains and kind of Wild West and those big stacks and the water towers and yeah. everything. And One of those domes on a steam engine is the sand... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just remember as a kid, I was like, why would you need sand on a train? Yeah. My dad was like, think about it. You get that's steel on steel, and if there's any frost yeah. or. You've probably wet somewhere I've heard trains starting out, a steam engine, they might be go. Yeah, they start that kind of slide. Well, that's yeah. put the sand goes on there. Okay, all right. Well, how many how many in a crew then in, in those days? Uh, we had five back then. Five. Okay. Fireman, engineer, head man, behind man, and conductor. Okay. Now they have two. Wow. I suppose everything's so automatic that it's just, yeah. you don't yeah. need as many. Well, now they have detectors uh, that could pick up a lot of problems. It used to be they had bad bearings. They had no brass lead-plated friction bearing. And they, they just they didn't last long. They just couldn't 
well maintained in oil and they still didn't last long. Now as Timken and Hyatt, they make roller bearings and they go forever and they don't get hot and they just, hmm. but they, they have detectors now every 20 miles, all the way to Seattle. And they'll pick up temperatures, you can go 90 miles an hour. And that, and that uh, their infrared, I don't know what, they have little devices that measure the temperature, ding, 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 every axle, even going 90. If you got a hot one back, quarter ways back, they'll tell you, so and so east, extra east. You have, you have a hot indication, uh, thirty second axle right side. So you got to stop, and, and the head man goes back. He has color cranes, and if he gives it a swipe. If it's a hot, use this color crane. If it's Tim, can you use that? If it melts, it's too hot. Set it out. It can't <laughs> run. If it doesn't melt, it's hot. Keep on going. That's the technology. Wow. The color crane. That's, wow. no, that's no ship. That's wow. <laughs> and that would that take a long time. They tell you, all right, you're, you got a hot one, hot axle. Yeah. You got to stop. And that takes, I mean, how long does it take to come to a stop if you're going? Well, yeah, a mile and a half, maybe. Okay. Maybe a mile if you're really going at it. You know, where I live now, we get the train right in our backyard. What's the squealing you were talking about? Noise with the bearings? Would that be the bearings? No, that just, it, it's the flange will hit the rail. They're both kind of shiny, been used a lot, just came from Seattle. It's all shiny steel. The rail has been used 10 times a day, that's shiny steel. So when the flange, you know, there's a flat part of a rail, and then the flange goes like that, uh-huh. keep you on the track. When the flange hits the rail, if they're both shiny and polished, it'll give that screechy oh, noise. okay. And, and uh, it's annoying, but that's just... Well, you know, we don't know nothing about it, but to hear anything, oh, now there's been trains with engines in the middle. Yeah. Because he's, God, they're 120, 104, I mean, just really, really long. And then they slow down, and when you hear the thump, 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 is that when they're leaving, speeding up, or is that when they're slowing down? You know what I mean by when you hear the the couples all the way along the train? Yeah, that's just the slack action going and and I the middle the engines in the middle I, I I can't tell you how the hell they do that I don't know <laughs> wow I did have engines on the hind end and that did not work well oh really hmm. oh there's always been I yeah mean, front and back back but I mean now just lately it seems the Dale last... told me that there was at, at, at a, at a crossing there in in uh, the Gulf River mm-hmm. they were stopped for two hours and that was a case of a hot box. And it dropped. It dropped the axle. It got so hot, oh, the wow. axle dropped down. Didn't derail, but you know you can't move shit. Oh yeah. And that train was two and a quarter or two and a half miles long. Oh my god. Really? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Like twelve thousand feet. They had everything all tied up. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, they had our crossing, which wouldn't make a shit. Yeah. Then the next crossing was tied up too. Oh and my god. It goes down to Dale's. What? Uh, oh. Little Pine Resort. Little Pine Resort. Yeah. yeah. Okay. The, that road now is way down. They right. Moved it. Well, that that was blocked too. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. So two and a, whatever two and a quarter miles. Of, <laughs> and that was a case of three engines, you know, head, middle, and and hind end. I have never seen a middle a train with a middle middle engine. We never like did. You know, we've been there seven years now, and it's the first. This year is the first time we've seen that. Yeah. And and it's quite frequent. They're going to make it work. You know, I if they can run two mile long trains. And do it safely, uh, they'll, they'll make it. They don't go very fast, but there are times when it picks yeah. up speed a little bit, but oh, sometimes the, they just crawl. I went up last weekend, and there was one a westbound with three-unit three situation, and we didn't have any way of measuring the train. I was with Dale Wright. And, but it, it was a two-miler wow. and three power situations. And they were, they were going 65. Holy crap. <laughs> so we, we could do that. We could tie them and all that. <laughs> wow. So, Dad, you t- told a story once where you spent the day riding along with Joe. Well, it wasn't the day. It was when I first was getting into the family. I said, I've never been on a train, and I always like trains. So you said, oh, take you, take you some morning. Do you remember that? Yeah. So I got, geez, it was early. God, four or five o'clock in the morning. I can't remember. Where where'd we go? What was the? I, it just went up. Ten, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. It was a short run. Yeah, okay. But, uh, yeah, I sat in the engine with you, and it was fun. I mean, I never did that before, so. I think we've all heard stories from, you know, when you're on trains, the hair-raising 
stories maybe or things that animals on the road or surprises surprises or scary moments when you're an engineer like oh there's nothing i can do and you never forget and i to this day i don't when you hit people or cars oh you have such a, a strong memory there it just that it comes out of nowhere bang you count to one and it's there wow so yeah. that's a that's really bullshit yeah I've been involved in seven fatalities, okay. and it just, yeah. it just, oh. I got shivers now thinking yeah. about that. Yeah, oh yeah. And, and one of the worst was at Anoka, at, at, at um, the asylum, there's an yep. insane asylum. Yep. Mm -hmm. yep. At first crashing, going west of the depot. Yep. And when it comes here, I hit cars there too, two or three times. But I come around there, and there's a lady right in the middle of the tracks looking at us. And we're going 80, I'm with Phil Costello. Oh. And no way in hell, you know, just get on the horn, da da da. Yeah. And she blessed herself, then she turned her back on us like that, and wackle, we got her. Oh my gosh. We're going 80. See, I got goosebumps. Oh. Yeah. Well, didn't mean, no, didn't mean to bring up that, those bad memories. No, that's part of it. That, you know, I can tell you a good one on the same crossing. Yeah. They, they, it has gates, mm -hmm. they're mm -hmm. dropped down in both directions. Yeah. And uh, with Ron Risty, we come around the corner, same situation. Then we got a freight, though. So we're okay. only going 65. And, and Ron says, oh, she's going to go around through the gates. There was there was a gal with a, I don't remember the car, new model, GM something. And she went around the gates, and she's going to go across. I'm still going 64 when we hit her, maybe. Right. And bang, you don't feel it. You don't even spill your coffee on the engine. Just You hear a little bang, and that's it. Yeah. So I didn't even see it. We stopped. The highway cops come out. First time ever they got a pinched on it. Not pinched. They wanted to know about it. They took information. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. okay. Right. We, we were carrying a license by that time. But anyway, then the high guy told us later, we got the staples, and he told me, this lady had a foot through the, first of all, it took off both fenders, the motor, right to the firewall. And there's a hole in the firewall, and she had a foot sticking out of the firewall, and she didn't have a scratch on her. Wow. Really? It wow. spun around, took a big hunk of the back bumper, but the front end was, was severed off, wow. and somehow her foot wound up through the hole, and she didn't have a didn't scratch. Didn't have a scratch. Wow. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Oh, my goodness. Man, wow. I, I thought, oh, boy, that's this is a bad one. Oh, but, yeah. You hear that, though, in driver's training. It's a train will take at least two miles to stop, yeah. so so don't be playing games with no, those yeah, gates. There's no way you can do it. You can't no. hardly react. To no, it. it's not fair to the crew on that train that you're putting no. them through that rubbish. That, but we all know a story or two. Did you ever have, like, uh, moose or cows or anything? Oh, walk yeah, out? yeah, lots of times, yeah. Yeah? Horses, cows, I was talking moose is, moose is the biggest member of the deer family, but I don't yeah. think they're going to do real well against the I never hit a moose. I had a moose <laughs> run ahead of me. Okay. Out of Dilworth up the Buffalo River, and there was a moose. I blew the shit out of the horn. And I thought, oh, we're going to get them, because moose are slow, kind of. They look yeah. slow. They're yeah. so big. Yeah. And I thought, oh, shit. So I pulled on all the lights. Give the moose a chance. Right. Because that could blind them. You know, I, with deer, if you do that sometimes, you're going, oh, you're going to hit something. They're up there. Pull all the lights down. Down, And then okay. wait, and you don't hear any dinging. They got, they got out of the way. They could see you, and they got out of the way. Yeah. Leave all them lights and headlights on and shit. They just look at it. Froze, us. yeah. Right. That's my theory. Up. Yep, you're in the headlights. <laughs> so I pulled the lights down, and, and where we should have hit the moose, there was nothing. So he, oh. he stepped off. Hmm. So that's a nothing story there. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Again, nothing, nothing can I be good. Moose in the headlights now. Bullwinkle is grinning somewhere. <laughs> Do you, uh, I, I mean, this could be my imagination. This is about train whistles. Uh, I've been going up since the early 70s, and uh, that train, I think it was Burlington Northern at that time, the whistles always sounded the same, kind of a long, but, but they kind of changed about 20 years ago. Do you have any knowledge of that or knowledge about whistles and, and well, they how they work? Electronic. Oh, electronic? Yeah, okay. they're, they're used to be all air. Okay. It used to be steam in the, in the steam locomotive days. Okay. Then diesels came. It was air horns. Then it's electronic, and I don't know how that works. I've never had a problem with one, or I, I don't know how they help. Well, even the crossings now, like, say, in Royalton, you know, it's, it's an electronic dinging yeah. sound. It's not even a bell. It's an electronic bell, right? The old steam engines, you could make them talk, you know, different. Uh, you could make them kind of low growly. Yeah. Or you could just hit them, and they'd be shrill. Okay. Some had three, three stacks on them. They're in harmony. So you can blow cool. it. <laughs> oh, fun. 
There was even a quick, abrupt, short, and an elongated long that fades off. Now, that's, that's an F-U. Okay. <laughs> Communicate them to a point. Uh-huh. You know, if you're trying to annoy somebody or piss off a guy, you see you're going by. Give him that blast. Just, it's no love note. As you <laughs> We're going to take a short break here, but don't go away. We've got more with my Uncle Joe right after this. This is a test of the Cabin Country Broadcast System. The broadcasters of your area, in voluntary cooperation with the Fishing, Hunting, and Cabin Construction Authorities, have developed this system to keep you informed in the event of an outdoors emergency. If this had been an actual emergency, an early start to the smelt run on the Knife River, record numbers of pheasant flushes near French Lake, or a sale on the triple-glazed windows and pine paneling at Cross Lake Lumber, the attention signal you just heard would have been followed by official information, news, or instructions. This station, WCCN, serves the greater Cabin Country area. This concludes the test of the Cabin Country Broadcast System. I sure do love keeping up with the Cabin Country episodes on the Gas Station Podcast Network. And it's available at most of my favorite fuel stops, Fud. Yeah, it's a wonderful thing to enjoy a brief woodland escape while tending your vehicle's necessities. But let me ask you, Bjorn, you ever find yourself spending so much time on the highways and byways that you haven't taken care of your own necessities? What are you driving at, Fud? Well, I don't think I'm overstepping my bounds when I say that hours on the road flying through the fields and forests sometimes leave all of us feeling just a bit irregular. Ah, yes. And the good news is that FiberStop fuel stations are still there for all of us. FiberStop? Yes, FiberStop, the fuel station that offers the many grades of fuel your vehicle might need, including all the various octane ratings, flex fuel, diesel, and even Rec 90 gasoline for your recreational vehicles and boats. But the real kicker here, Bjorn, is that FiberStop also offers a full range of high-fiber snacks, as well as gastrointestinal medications for the traveler that is feeling that road-weary logie feeling. Stomach upset? Indigestion? Constipation or the opposite? No problem. FiberStop has you covered. And I understand that FiberStop has an amazing selection of high-fiber muffins, scones, and bars in their bakery case. Baked fresh every morning, Bjorn. And they feature the Gas Station Podcast Network at the pumps as well, alongside the full range of fresh and ready mitts coffee flavors at their coffee bar. Sounds too good to be true, Fud. Oh, but it's true, Bjorn. FiberStop keeps you going. I worked on the Korean Railroad, too, for two years, a year and a half. The Korean Railroad? Yeah, in 51, 2, and 3. Okay. From summer of 51, all of 52, and I come home in March 53. Is that with the Army? Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Korean War. That was my job. My MOS, military occupation something, was locomotive engineer. So, did you feel l- lucky then, being driving a train in Korea and not having to, like... Or, go to or, combat or, or, or marked car? like this is a target you know oh yeah what was it yeah. like in the war well, the only time I got buzzed was the US Navy and they liked doing that and why the hell they did but they did <laughs> really they bombed the train at you they weren't bombing us no oh. but they sure buzzed the shit they, you'd, you'd get your attention oh wow huh there was a Marine Corps company at the end, at the harbor of Kunsan we ran from Tejan to Kunsan when the 24th division came back in they got their kicked ass first of all Run down the Pusan perimeter. You may have heard mm-hmm. of that. Oh yeah. Then they shoved back, went north. It was MacArthur was running the show then, and they made a fast advance to Seoul. They met there at a place called Yongdongpo, and the first Marines had come in at Incheon, and they met. They left behind there twenty-five thousand troops, North Koreans. They just left them. They had the war up here, and they left them. We had a damn railroad track that went through that. And oh, wow. nobody wanted that one. Oh, wow. I bet. But then we ran through that. In reality, what those guys wanted was food and women. 
Yeah, okay. <laughs> so we leave the box door. If they had box cars, either leave them at West Tejon or, or else open the doors so they could see it was nothing in there. Right. Oh, okay. It was loads. Leave it at West Tejon. On those trains, we had a, a gondola, a cinder car, they call it, just full of shit. Then the second car <laughs> had two stations on it with machine guns. And you start out with what they call national police. You had eight or ten of them. Not, not, in, not military, MP, national police. That was young Koreans that were too young for the war. Okay. They gave them an armband, national police, they were in them. And they were the guards. And I, you know, it was a, such a joke. Usually, you leave in West Tejan, and they'd bail off. They'd talk it over and know where they're going. And nothing, no part of that. So you might want one or two out of the whole crew. And then, you, and then they gave you two 50s bolted together and uh, welded. Yeah. Oh, it was a twin 50. Yep. And you got one in that corner, one in that corner. Some is one, but you're often two. And and you think, I'm taking on the wor- world with these two damn machines. And driving the train at the same time. <laughs> no, I wasn't there. I was, I was a uh, train rider, a conductor. Okay. I carried right. a so you got to be the gunner. Got cars out of here. Yeah. They had a Korean engineer and a Korean fireman. Two firemen. <laughs> Let me punch your ticket, and then i got to get back on the yeah. twin 50s and light up that division out there in the front. Oh, my gosh. Oh, wow. But nothing ever bad happened to me on that line. There was a guy killed there, but huh. machine gunned. Hmm. God, I so feel it, like every every piece of war footage I've seen from Korea, it's you know, Sky Raiders or something hitting a yeah. train, you know, blowing up trains, blowing up tracks. Yeah. They're like, whoo. That sounds like a dangerous job to me. <laughs> I saw Meg, two Megs, and yeah. they, but they wanted to get the hell out. Okay. Because in no time there was there was uh, saber liners right in the same area. Sure. So and when I yep. saw them, Megs had real fat wings, deep. Yep. The saber yep. liner was skinnier. So uh, F eighty six saber. Yeah. And then that got my attention, but you know that nothing happened. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah. So they just flew right over you and off they went because they maybe getting yeah. cha- getting chased they were by off the quite a ways too. U.S. Air Force. Yeah, yeah, to the rescue. The <laughs> we had all kinds of trains, every sort of train you could imagine. A typical thing: we the inbound people came in at Injon replacements. Always they landed there. And there was a big depot there where they you're going here and you're going here and all that. And it was Marines. They did it different. Because the, every all the army guys, artillery, infantry, whatever, they went in, in old coaches. They did the windows were gone. There was no windows in them, but they had a bench to sit on, right. and it was an old pasture coach. Yep. So they're out of the weather, and, and but except the windows were all gone. And the Marines they put them in boxcars. Mm. You know, we're tough. That's right. These young guys, you know, they got brand new uniforms. They're all green and crinkly. Just come out of the case. And they, and they get to where, and you take them pretty close. At Moonsam North, we could take them up at nighttime. We're beyond tank and beyond artillery, so we take um, POL trains, petroleum, oil, and lubricants up there for tanks because they burn fuel like hell, and there was no in the wintertime, there's no roads. They couldn't right. get fuel right. to tanks because mm. the roads weren't blacked out there. Anyway, and it, it, them Marines would be getting off them boxcars, you know, young guys, and they'd say, give me some more. They put bandoliers, the M1 ammo. The bandolier, I think, has seven clips or I don't know. And they'd be putting three or four, and they're heavy. Like, oh, kid, don't do that. They're <laughs> <laughs> low enough and away they go. Three days later, we'd have a hospital train up there. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, wow. And the hospital trains always had a, a freezer, a, a refrigerated car in the back end for the dead guys. Dogs. Yeah, wow. yeah. They flew them in helicopters. They put them on trains. <laughs> but that would be... Um, I know. Oh, I felt. I, I really felt bad for those Marines. The way they were, they were a head job on. They were the best in the world. They're going to kick ass. I'm going to kill them commies. Get in the oh. boxcar. Yeah. <laughs> 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 now, when you built the shack in 1960 or 59 or whatever. Yeah. It, were there restrictive rules as to how big you could build? And I mean, I know the story. They really you, didn't much care. Oh, they didn't. No. Okay, you I could, thought they where could you want to build or whatever. Hmm. I thought that you could only have like hunting shack type things. You couldn't build. Oh, you couldn't have tar paper. You couldn't have a mobile trailer, and you couldn't have tar paper ever built. Yeah. Oh. So there was minor restrictions, but 
But then when they went to a large zone, that two doors down drop, and then next guy, Andy Peterson or something, he wanted to extend his. And they say, you can go one-third of your size more. And he did that. But then he also put a little cement patio, and they made him tear it out. Oh, he really? went to one-third plus the cement, and they counted that. Yeah. You know, Doug has a bill of sale. We bought the wood in Aldridge, mm-hmm. and I think it was 175 bucks, lumber bill. Okay, <laughs> yeah. for building the shack. And that would be dated. Carol was happy, and we'd be off on deck hunting one a year, you know, if we take two weeks or whatever the hell. And so she'd get rid of the whole crew, and she she enjoyed that. She, <laughs> yeah. Some peace and quiet. Yeah, her time of year. <laughs> Wow. I think she was up there maybe twice in 40 years. Yeah. <laughs> really? <laughs> you know, and Doug, just what, two years ago, last year, I don't know, he fixed it up now. It's looking like a modern, it looks like a beautiful sauna on the inside or something, you know? Yeah. It's, Girls won't put up with an outdoor shitter. They, oh, yeah. They <laughs> right. First he did that. First he made a, he, he built a shower on two by 12 floor joists. So that thing is... Where they'll go if a tornado comes, I think. Right, right. But uh, how about the elusive? Used to be a boxcar, now it's a cabin that we can never find. Oh yeah. So <laughs> I work with a person whose yeah. uh, in-laws have a place not far from the resort across okay. the river. From Little that's, Pine. That's yeah. the way I hear it. It's, yeah. Oh, we're not. Yeah. Well, we went all the way down to where the you meet up with the crow. Crow wing. Yeah. Yeah. Thinking that she meant that way. Yeah. And the last time I talked, no, by that resort. I was like. Oh. <laughs> That's right across the river. She said, yeah, well, you'll know it because it's... So if you remember back in the day, somebody bringing an old boxcar and starting to build around that as a cabin, I actually... That could, should have been. There was a lot of railroad guys there. Yeah. So that could, yeah. I'm not aware of it, but yeah. That's her husband's family, and it's a long been. time ago they put the... And she yeah. said, it doesn't even look like a boxcar now. They've done so much to it, you wouldn't yeah. know it was ever a boxcar. But hmm. I'm like, well, maybe that's the problem, is it just looks like a regular building, and we zip by it a million times. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> Lost lures in their trees and the whole, right. the whole yeah. bit, but it's hard to Haven't say. Haven't found the boxcar yet. Yeah, the elusive boxcar. Well, Mike had a damned uh, camper off a pickup truck. Hey, they lived in that for a winter. Wow. I bet that was wow. brisk. Oh, yeah. Wow. They, they, they joke about it now, <laughs> yeah. how they could not get divorced. <laughs> there was a lot of rules that I think have changed. Yeah. Well, it, it had to. When they went with that 30-year lease, that's when you start seeing these four or $500,000 places. Yes, yeah. Because you know, we got some down from us towards, you know. Well, see, yeah. there'd, be, there'd be financing involved. Sure. And so the banks wouldn't look at that on a, on a one-year lease situation. Right. You know, that, that, well, that, that was the whole reason. Yeah, that was the whole reason. So they could, because, yeah. boy, there's So the bank would run the show. Yeah. Mm. Big places. Well, like I said, that one across the river from us and down uh, sold for $560,000. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I mean, it's huge. Wow. It's a beautiful place. but Year-round If you got money. You know, when I got the lease, my dad thought I was nuts. Yeah. <laughs> he said, what, what are you going to build on lease property for? Are you going to put all that money into it? And I said, not putting a lot into it, just enough to shelter us. And, yeah. Then after I did and the kids got bigger, I thought, son of a so-and-so, I should have built it bigger. <laughs> There's not enough room. Well, now you can get 30-year loans on mortgages and all sorts oh, of... Oh, yeah, well... The bankers got involved. I'm not going to be in it much longer. They're, they're going to be in charge. A lot of good memories up there. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't get up there You guys used anymore. to duck hunt the gold, right? On a fair that leg. was the idea. Really. Well, was duck hunting. you know that yeah. boat he was talking about? Yeah. That, that I used to row that son of, son of a gun. <laughs> <laughs> With the, the name, the outplay the, out the, 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 Yes. Uh, High um, pockets. From there, yeah. Yeah. all the way up under the bridges and up Yes, we go up now. And I I'd, uh, I remember one time I went up there, and, geez, the ducks were flying, and I ran out of shells. Wow. And a lousy shot. And I came back, and that's when... Gramps was up there, and I said, "Geez, the ducks! Why don't you come?" So he, okay, I took him up there, and and we stood on the on the far side, and there was yeah. guys over here, and, and uh, but he shot his gun a few times. Hey, that was a long roll, and that old cedar boat. <laughs> the boys were talking that you remember where the rice beds up up past the bridge, yeah, went through the narrows, and you took a left and swung around, snaked it, and then yeah. there was a huge 
before the next bridge, there was a huge rice paddy. That's all bulrushes now. I didn't see it. Doug told me. You wouldn't believe it. Uh-huh. There's a hill we used to go watch ducks come in. Yeah, remember I remember that. that. Okay, that below that hill. Okay. Uh, Doug said it's it's solid bulrushes. There's not a blade of of uh, rice in oh, the whole thing. Oh, there hasn't been any rice for years. Mm. What, how, what, how does that how happen? They, yeah, how does that happen? Have you, how does? All I figured was something about the farmers' yeah, that's fertilization what I heard ran say off that, the right. field in, mm. into the river, and it just took off. Killed all the. Do you remember the time you rice. and I were were up that way, in the river? We parked because there was people all over. We we're duck hunting. Them tall reeds, and the game wardens came, and oh, those yeah. two. I think those, Joe, Joe was with us. Yeah, he could have been. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, those two guys were in a boat, and they, yeah. it was opening. It was noon. Yeah. He didn't give us the tickets. But. And, no, not us. But there was two guys at quarter to twelve shot. Oh. And it wasn't long after that. Here comes this green boat, and they went down, and they. That's ticketed the only them. time I've seen ticketed a game warden up there. Yeah, it's the only time. They ticketed <laughs> those guys, and then they came and checked us. Yeah. And you had shot a duck. I remember that now. And it was laying out there. And the, and the guy says, aren't you going to go get that? And he says, well, you, <laughs> you said this. I would, wouldn't have balls, but he says... <laughs> Well, we were like to be hunting here until you came along and screwed everything. Or, you know, no, you said something like that, you know, chased them all away, you know. And, I mean, you had the balls to say it, and I just, wow. <laughs> so then we went out and got the deck. Yeah. What the hell are you going to do? <laughs> I just remember that. Do you remember that? I do, it's not yeah. not going to get any better. You better go get it. <laughs> Joe, Joe didn't have a, uh, a permit. But he had his brother's jacket on. What do they call it when you when you're young and you're twelve or years old or something? Oh, uh, and you get a little uh, uh, patch like a gun safety. Uh, patch yeah, gun or safety. I think oh, that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he had he had Mike's jacket on with the gun safety thing, but he did not have a permit, which he was supposed to have. But the guy oh. that, he saw that and he didn't didn't oh, bug him. So oh, I don't remember that. So, I just wow. remember. Close call. I don't even remember shit. Yeah. I had really don't make it oh, Our elementary school, that was a big deal. If we all had our orange gun oh, safety sure. patch. Yeah. Mom sewed it on your jacket. Yeah. Pretty, pretty big deal. So no more rice, because you saw Indians harvesting the rice back in those days. Oh, yeah. right out we saw that. Yeah. Shack. Yep. Yeah. From the shack, yep. remember? Yep. I mean, there was rice right there. I mean, yeah, and that's rice was gone. Oh, great, yes. There's, there's no rice. It used to be, like I told you, back in those days, the river was perfect. It was rice and lily pads. Well, and the rice attracted the game birds. Oh, sure. So rice and lily pads. Now it's what they call it coontail. <laughs> Duckweed. <Or> duck, <laughs> Duckweed. Bulrush, bulrushes. Uh, there's st- still a lot of bass in there, though, that it's fun to catch. Uh, yeah. So that road that used to run across by 210, that was long before. I mean, that wasn't that 1800s. You know, Mike, your son has oh, that sure. map. 210 used yeah. to go across. Well, I don't think it was the highway. Or it was just another road. I think back to horse and buggies and crap. Oh, okay. I think that far back. Horse and buggy days, okay. Because that's really, really old. You can still see the, 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 the timbers down on the ground there if you're careful. It's real calm. We keep looking right yeah. close to the weeds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can come up. You'll see them down there. You just get snagged on that. I'm afraid I've, I've hit them this year with my prop. Oh, yeah. You a couple of them. I get close because... Well, on the river's yeah. down a little bit, too. you got to be careful. Yeah. Because Doug was saying when he went up to Crow Wing... It, it, it just, yeah, he took out a prop. Oh, yeah. For, what, 600 bucks or yeah, something? I don't know. Was, wow. I know he, he didn't tell me the cost, but yeah, he said yeah. his prop was busted. Dale and I drove up to Sylvan Dam, down to Sylvan Dam, below that. There was people fishing in the middle of the river. It's rockier than hell. And hardly any current, just rocks everywhere. And out of the power plant there was coming, uh, shoot like this maybe, but not hard. It was just amazing to see how little water. Yeah. Hmm. Wow. And then we drove up to, uh, to Pillager Dam. We drove in the bottom side of that. And there are people in the middle of the river fly fishing. Stand wow. right, well, they had waders on or hippers or sure. something. And it was just strange to see that because that water there, cut, oh, boy, I've seen it coming through our gangbusters, the whole, the whole dam spilling over. Yeah. Wow. Well, there's not much water coming. I remember when we went up to that dam there by Pillager. Now, I don't know. It's the one dam on the river, the Gull River, where yeah. the, before the crow comes into it. And I had a picture of him holding 
the two by twelve or whatever and looking over. Yeah, doing what? So holding the two by twelve, the yeah. da- the boards. I You're mean. in the boat right next to the the wood planks that were above, yeah. right on top. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, Skip was he frantic. He wouldn't yeah, go he, near that. He he was. Yeah. And I'd go over there and light a cigar. He's you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> we bump right. Yeah. Okay, well, you look over. You know, it's, oh it's, yeah. Oh, wow. yeah. yeah. I remember that. Holy Christ. <laughs> That's right. We've got whole movies of that. Yeah. 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 I used to enjoy pissing off that poor old man. <laughs> <laughs> we were good friends yeah, all you, our life. You guys were something else. That was, that was we, so we much fun. We went to town one time. You get there to go to town and get your stuff. Booze and beer and groceries for the uh, brand muffins. He had to have a whole sack <laughs> of brand muffins. <laughs> and then we so we split. You know, I get this and that, and you get this and this and so on. And I remember the spark with J6J spark plate for that old Corsair. That was the, that was the number of it. And so I, that's my list of shit. He got his, so we went quick, funny, get back. We did. And we're back fishing. I knew I knew damn well it was coming. So we got out fishing there, and he says, you know, I know something else, too. I said, what? You didn't get that J6J, did you, that spark plug? And I said, I told you I did he says, I can tell in your face, I know you. You're a lying son of a bitch. <laughs> I, I says, Frank, is this the one you mean? I pull out my, in the case yet. Is that the one you're bitching about, Frank? He says, oh, yeah. Shut through that. Put <laughs> <laughs> in the bait. Brand new one. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> oh. yeah. That's why I remember the spark plug for that reason. But also, I got his his tackle box in the garage. Whose tackle box do you have? Skip Skip's, Skip's tackle box. Unless Doug took it, it's still here. Yeah. I oh. Think. And in that tackle box is a J six. <laughs> really? That's the other reason I remember the number. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. I can't remember down my telephone number. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. That's a good plug. I'm going in. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Was Skip older than you were? Or? No, I was a month older than him. Okay. But he died back way in the 90s? Yeah, he died, too. He was 59 years old. He had a heart attack. Oh, my gosh. Okay. He's young. Yeah. 59. And just, just to be clear, so you, you say when they didn't want tar paper, they didn't want the outside of the shack tar papered. No. That, that, I don't remember just the wording or exactly, but I definitely remember you could not have tar paper hmm. for a shack finish. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they just thought it didn't, they didn't like why look or shabbier? I don't well, kind of. It's it is you know, a curious look. Yeah. You Nobody know, had any money, you know. Enough yep. money, and they yep. just to keep the moisture out. They put sure. tar, tar paper shacks. South places. You I can remember. You Even bet. when yeah. I was there just a go. kid. Yeah. 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 Put some lath over, and there you had siding. Yeah. 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 Tar paper shacks. Yeah. I used to insulate houses with newspaper. Yeah. Yeah. I had an uncle in Edina. The house was built a long time ago, and. They had uh, horsehair insulation in the walls. Horse mm, paper wow. and horsehair and more paper. Yeah. Like, wow. Oh, in the horse world. Hair? Horsehair. Yeah. I'll be damned. I know. I thought, boy, there's a lot of dead, unlucky racehorses. <laughs> Should have done better in the fifth. Forty-six years, mostly good memories. Uh, or, yeah, you know, it sounds like I, hard, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Hard work, though. I mean, yeah. I liked a bad night, a stormy night. We had good power. I loved busting through the snow banks and shit. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, if you get a fast train, I, I, I enjoyed my job. And I've s- gone 100 miles an hour on a steam engine. Wow. And not many have done that. Oh. I've gone that in a diesel too, but that's easy. Yeah. Okay. Now, diesel. It's also illegal. Well, we figure we took up enough of your time, but thanks so much for yeah, well, sharing the story. What we'll be talking about? <laughs> all that bullshit went in there. Yeah, all oh, it did. Yeah, it did. Wow. And we could talk for go a little bit longer. It'll start to smoke. Yeah, <laughs> right. The language news. I don't know. Well, that was a lot of fun. I, it's two times now I've sat down with uh, my Uncle Joe. Yeah. Uh, both times with my dad. Right. And uh, uh, it's just 
great to to hear those stories. I mean, a lot of the enthusiasm I've held on to for just going to the places on the Gull River have come from listening to my dad and Uncle Joe and my my grandpa. Yeah, the decades of stories. Yeah, and just the, enth- the the love that they had for it, and, right? And and just the citing the different changes or mm-hmm. like uh, mm-hmm. how, how the ducks are flying this year as opposed right. to the other years and right. various stories and replacement of the wild rice fields with bulrushes and right and just how things change over time yeah. you know, differing uses and differing populations and uh, yes you know change is inevitable how you how you change you know, how you decide to deal with it is optional I guess um I, I only know the Gull River as bulrushes and, and cattails and you know, yeah. fall colors. and I love it, you know, but they, right. they kind of pined nostalgically for, yeah, there used to be rice stands all well, over the highway, you know. As far and, as you could see. And oh, wow. That ducks been, that flying. Would have been cool. I still wish somehow I could time travel back into seeing that resort right across the, oh, yeah, the, the river. The little you know. pine Yeah, in, the, resort. in, in its heyday, you know. Yeah. The, Polka band going and the old <laughs> right. style light glowing and you know whatever it is green but I don't know what it, you'd know better than I I think it's uh, old style isn't it old style yeah old yeah. style you know we're both historians and aficionados of the past and right you know Pioneer Village and I mean that's all Bunyan yeah. land exactly and, oh my God that kind of stuff is just priceless one of my favorite takeaways was that uh, I finally learned the great mystery that I've always had why does the train horn sound different than it did in the good old days. Yeah. I, it's just sound different, and I, I just don't understand why. Good to have you here, Mr. Stewart. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> kind of a weak imitation, but I that's all right. Bad. I enjoyed it. It's just general old guy. Yeah, yeah, the Fud codger. As old the codger. Guy. Fud as Whatever, codger. it doesn't have to be Jimmy. For crying out loud. But, uh, got Tim Russell back on the show. All right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> His would be... Very it, convincing. Anyway, it, it made sense that it went from uh, steam. The horns were you right. Know, that steam sound, a different voice, and then the air horns. Yes, and then now it's electronic. Electronic, which is fine. You know, it's. I still love to hear it. Absolutely, I still love to hear it. And at the very end of the podcast, if you actually listen to every last around. second, you usually hear hear that way. The tr- <laughs> Stick around. Listen, yes, you know, you might hear it. You might, you might hear that train horn <laughs> echoing down the river. Well, but at any rate, uh, our, our thanks again to my uncle Joe and my oh, my so dad. And who else? Well, you know, I also wanted to reach out to a, a YouTuber. Uh, well, his name is Jeff Berrier. I think it's B E R R I E R. And uh, some of the train sound. We took mm-hmm. recordings from all kinds of sources, but. Uh, there's some great videos you can watch on the old steam locomotives, um, and, and it's just great to sit and watch them oh, for right. half an hour. Yes. So Jeff Berrier videos, uh, lots of uh, steam, you know, shoveling the coal into that firebox. Right. Right. We found it right on YouTube, so Correct. exactly what my Uncle Joe was doing in those early days. Thanks for hanging out with us, and Absolutely. I hope, hope you enjoyed all the, the great train sounds. So now you know what... All the, the hoopla is when Bjorn and I are oh, listen to the sound of those trains. <laughs> oh, the crackle of the fire ring. And there train goes whistle. the train. Let's go cast a few. Over the bridge. <laughs> 10 o'clock at night, fun. Oh, you sentimental guys. Bjorn's crying again. <laughs> Shut up. Well, with that, we'll uh, say sayonara for now, but we'll uh, see you next time. Bon chance. Thanks for listening, and uh, we'll start a new pot of coffee for you next week. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. 
Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.